life inside And no hope inside But he called my name And he healed my blindness He set me ablaze And now I'm alive with His love breaking through my heart of stone Love breathing to awake my bones Love reaching out to save my soul Love never gonna let me go And now my heart So full of worship And I can't hold back, no No, I can't contain it For all he's done Jesus, my Savior morning church stand up worship God this morning Sacrifice. I will bring a sacrifice. 
Something on your cell phone? Let's see. Ah, okay, good. God, God, text me. <laughs> no, we're just just getting ready. Yeah, just getting ready for this awesome day in worship. You know, we just uh, I don't know. It's always exciting to be here in church. You know, it's always exciting to be with everybody on you know, just coming together as uh, a community of God. You know, uh, um, just uh, you know, it's been a, an interesting week. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to mix politics and religion. So you know, everybody's got their opinion about it. So I'm just glad it's over. It's not over yet, but you know, we're just kind of. Just keep praying for our nation, you know, no matter what you believe, what you think about politics, just keep on praying for our nation. That's really what it comes down to. Um, so this, this kind of this song that we're going to sing next is kind of talking about that. You know, it's all about God's glorious grace, you know, and how he just constantly blesses us despite ourselves. You know, I, I'm, I'm proof of that. You know, I'm proof that, that, you know, despite what I do in my life, God's always blessing and gracing me. And, and, I, and I look back and say, man, I, I can't believe you still love me after all the things I've I've done and thought and said, you know, it's, it's amazing, isn't it? Anybody there? Anybody relate to that? Every day I'm like, man, gosh, your grace is just awesome.
God, for bringing us here today. And most of all, let us just recognize that no matter what we go through um, in all things, that um, although the mountains will fall and crumble into the sea and that everything else in our lives may seem shattered, there's one thing that remains the same, and that is you, Lord God, and we just give you thanks that you are Lord of all, and that one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord. And so, God, we just ask for the rest of your, uh, this time here today, your time, that you just minister to our hearts and our minds and our spirits, and that we'll have what you would have us to hear as we wrap up this series today. And for that, we give you praise in Christ's name. And everybody says, amen. All right, as our children leave for our shoreline, greet somebody near you. All right, good morning. How is everybody today? Good. Everybody's doing well? Awesome. What was that? All right, so we had, um, for Operation Christmas Child, the, uh, do you remember what I said it at? 250. And what did we get? 310. So there we go. That's awesome. Awesome job. And if you hunt Liz down, you might be able to slide a couple more in, right, Liz? There we go. All right. So great to have everybody here today. Hope you're enjoying the worship. Welcome to Haven Community Church. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. Hopefully you received a card. Um, We want to thank you for being our guest here today. If you need anything, some of our ushers, anybody else is around. Our our children are taken care of out there, so you don't have to worry about that. But if you need anything, by all means, see somebody in the back. They'll go ahead and help you get to where you need to go. For those of you joining on um, with our online church today, welcome. We know there's several people who watch every week online, whether on Sunday or whether you're seeing this Wednesday, Thursday whatever. We welcome you, and we hope that uh, God ministers to you whenever you're, you're listening to that. So um, we're getting crazy. It's getting crazy down here. We're going to be in the middle of November, huh? Where'd that year go, huh? It was craziness, but we're going to be up here, and next Sunday is our last Sunday before what? Thanksgiving. Yeah, we're getting turkey, right? We're getting closer. All right, so we get there. Also, with that, Thanksgiving, you can see some, of, um, and many of you got an insert for our Thanksgiving dinners. Donna, anything we need to say about that specifically? Okay. Okay, so you need them you need the coolers on Saturday? Okay. So Saturday, volunteers who want to go to Elkton Walmart, is that correct? And last year it was a great thing. They they were out there and they had more than they ever needed. People were very giving, so that was awesome. And we were able to provide a lot of um, Thanksgiving dinners. Yeah. What um for here volunteering, what time are you gonna be at Walmart? 10 to 2 there and here? 12.30 to 3.30. 12.30 to 3.30. If you want to help volunteer, put the ba- bags and everything together, um, that would be awesome for, so that they can get all those um, Thanksgiving 
dinners. So that's awesome. Okay. Parish Foundation is next week. Um, we still need some for pizza and some help. Uh, so we're getting them pizza this time. They're going to go ahead and enjoy some of that. So if you're um, interested, please contact uh, Bonnie. And that's next week. Seems like it comes up uh, sooner than we know. Um, after church today, we have a Haven 101 class. If you'd like to know about membership or you'd like to find out some more information about a Haven, please plan on um, showing up as just staying after church. Um, Disciple, uh, again, we have some more inserts and uh, calendar stuff will be coming very soon. Uh, music ministry opportunities, you can see the insert of that. If you'd like to be part of the worship team, one of the things from the onset of the church, we've always been blessed with those who are gifted um, with music. Um, and so we're glad that they are here. Dining for Women Christmas Party, December 7th. You can see that, ladies. You can, um, you're going to come dressed as your favorite Christmas movie character. Oh, that should be a joy. So that should be interesting. That'll be fun. Um, so plan on being there. You can see the other information. Um, no, no uh, Teresa, you're not going to have to stay with the youth again this week. Um, she, did, she survived this week with a, a lock-in um, on Friday, and they had a great time. Um, and uh, here Teresa is now in charge of making pancakes. So butterscotch, chocolate chip, pancakes. Yeah, you guys want something now, don't you? You better buddy up. All right. So, um, again, Operation Christmas Shop, we mentioned that. And we're also doing the quarters for linens for the emergency rotating shelter for the homeless. And you can see we will be there January 9th through the 16th. And we usually go to Five Rivers, and we go under there. Yes? How do you sign up? There should be clipboards, right, Debbie? Oh, they were. They're around here somewhere, and they, they'll make their way. There they are, right there. And so they'll make their way around. All right? And if you have some information, if, you, um, if you're online, you want to be part of that, you go ahead and send to info at havencc.org, um, or you can do that as well, and that information will get to the right places, okay? Um, all right, so this week was, is Veterans Day, right? And one of the things that we've had a tradition at our church is honoring our veterans. And so um, what we do, we're going to go ahead and we're going to go ahead and show, um, we have a video, and at the video, it, um, it will play the songs from the military. And if you are a veteran, uh, or if you've been in the service, or if you have a family member that um, was part of the service, please stand up when they play those songs, Okay.
Isn't that awesome? Awesome to see everybody. Um, and everyone who is a veteran, um, if you did not get a Bible, just raise your hand. We got a Bible for you, too. We want to make sure that, um, that we go ahead and get that to you, and we're thankful. Or if you, know, if you know someone who is in the service that would need one or whatever, just kind of lift your hand up. We have several of them, and we go ahead. Um, at this time, um, Aaron May. Aaron's going to come on up. Aaron, this time last year, wasn't here, right? She was overseas, so Aaron's going to be here. And I mean, uh, I'll turn this one on, Andy. All right. There you go. You want me to hold it? Yeah, sure. All right, here you go. Yep, should be. Hi, I'm Erin May. Um, I've been attending Haven for about four years now, and as some of you might know, last year I wasn't home at this time. I was deployed from September to about May, and as a token of my appreciation, I want to present this American flag to Pastor Jack and Haven for all the support, prayers, and care packages I received while I was deployed, um, without your guys' support, uh, and not just for me, but for my family, it would have been a really hard deployment. Um, it's not about me, but it's how much this church supports and takes care of our service members. That's what I love about this church. You guys are awesome. Um, so, again, much appreciated. Um, American flag. Just to give you a really quick story about the, the flag, um, where I was deployed, we had a, a, program, a program called the Flag Flying Program, um, where you could buy a flag, put it in a Ziploc bag, and you could have it flown on, on any one of the uh, several planes that we had stationed there. This particular flag was flown on a F-22 Raptor by Major Stephen Aguilar, call sign Riot 11, flown on February 7th, 2016. So this this flag is a little um, part of U.S. history because along with this flag and a few thousand pounds of bombs and missiles, um, this flag flowed into ISIS territory during one of the several thousand airstrike missions that we've conducted on the war on terrorism. And it actually also was flown on my birthday and the, the night where about 400 um, service members got sick with food poisoning. So uh, it's, a, it's definitely a birthday I'll never forget. So again, thank you, Pastor Jack, and thank you, Haven, for all your love, support, and prayers during the time I was gone. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So when we, um, when we talk about uh, going ahead and, and getting care packages and doing other things um, for, um, you know, that get sent off, it's not, it's not just sent out there for nothing. Um, it means a lot. And those of you who've been in the service and received something, you understand how special that is. All right? So we want to just thank God for all of you. Okay? All right. Let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your Holy Spirit and how you guide us and direct us during this time. We also want to thank you for all our service men and women who have, um, who are, who have been there and done, just done incredible things. And so, God, um, just for those who are there right now, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be upon them and to just uh, surround them. And, um, and so for those of us who are here, God, we know that we live in a country right now that's in some turmoil, a lot of turmoil. But, God, as we talked about last week, we know that you're in charge, and we just pray that your spirit... We'll just uh, unite us together. For the rest of us who are here, that we have prayer uh, concerns, we have, I know we have uh, um, Jill and my mother is uh, going to uh, Fox Chase. 
on Tuesday. We asked for um, something there. We have a praise that uh, Randy Fluker is back here today with us after surgery. I know June is lifted up for cousin Steve, who has been uh, placed in a nursing home with health issues. And a praise for her son Chris, who is 36 years old today. And we, our worship here would not be the same without Chris um, and how he just brings uh, true worship from the bottom of his feet all the way through. He just exudes it, and we just love that. And God, for all the other needs that we have here and the concerns and, and joys and everything else that we exist with, God, we want to thank you for um, who you are because it is in you that uh, we have purpose. That even though the world gives us a lot of things and we, we all deal with stress and struggles and all kinds of things, we recognize that we have a God who loves us, one who paid the ultimate price on the cross for us. And as we move into this season of giving thanks, let us just not uh, forget, but let us just stop to thank you for the many things that you have done in our lives. And, and God, for the hope that you give us in your son, Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, send your blessing upon both your tithe and our offerings and bless them to meet the many needs around the world. In Christ's name we pray, amen. All right, cool. I want to say, you know, it's, um, it's an honor to serve this church. Uh, it's even more of an honor to serve with the team of brothers, um, with Keith and Fred. You know, we, we served and we did our, our time in the military. And, uh, you know, if you guys see my laptop, this is what we believe in. God, country, sacrifice. It's every day. Amen. So um, and don't forget our military wives. You know, Becky's went through the struggle too. You know, anybody that's had to support a, a service person overseas and go through that struggle, it's uh, it's uh, it, it takes a toll on, on a family, you know. But they they made it through. They're, they're you know, yep, girl power, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, hold on a second. I do have a quick announcement though. Um, we um, if you guys noticed outside, there's a structure being built. You guys seen that? So that's a uh, that's a, a new church, a new uh, church building, shed building. We're gonna we're building it for uh, an eagle project for my son. Um, so I've already got one eagle, one on the way. So um, so that's that's an honor. Uh, to, uh, to see two boys grow up and uh, become men, become eagles, eagle scouts. Um, so today is a short work day for us. Um, I was talking to Dave, uh, Dave Hollis. He's our, he's our awesome overall supervisor, you know. It's, it's, it's amazing working with him because he's, he's not only a great teacher in the classroom, he's a great teacher outside the classroom. It was amazing seeing him work with the boys yesterday and, and just, you know, the amount of patience he has in uh, teaching um, is amazing. Um, so today we're having a short work day. Um, today is the hard part, putting the roof on trusses, you know, so uh, probably need a couple extra able-bodied men if you want to volunteer and come out and work with us today. I know the Eagles are playing, you know. I personally don't care about the Eagles, but some people do. Um, so you can either watch the Eagles or support an Eagle, you know, so. You like that segue? How, so. It'd probably be better to su support an Eagle. <laughs> all, right. Well, all right, sorry, I kind of messed up the flow of uh, what we're doing here up here. <laughs> I don't speak very often, you know. You know, why God put a Marine to lead worship, I have no idea, you know. <laughs> Someday he'll tell me. <laughs> you do okay. <laughs> All right, everybody on your feet. We're going to uh, dig down some soul for this one. Oh, man. He's, the gauntlet has been dropped. <laughs> All right, let's go. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. 
Today's scripture lesson comes from the Old Testament, Psalm 39, verses 4 to 6. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. We are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing in is nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. We all have questions. Questions like, why is it called a building if it's already built? Why is there no egg in eggplant? And do penguins have knees? But some questions are more important than others. Questions like, how do I hear God's voice? How can I deal with difficult people? What does the Bible say about forgiveness and heaven? 
And what's the answer for all of my stress? Every week, we're going to answer your most asked questions and discover God's best plan. All right, here we go. Wow, we've had a lot going on today already, right? Glad you came today? All right, so honoring America and Fred giving his, getting us ready and rolling, right? You're not asleep now, are you? No way. Um, that's my job, to put you asleep. Okay, um, one other person we want to add to the prayer list is uh, Daryl King, Chris King's husband. He's in the hospital with, uh, I think, some pneumonia or something, so we want to go ahead and lift him in your prayers and Chris as well. As we know, Daryl's had his health issues, and he's... Um, He's really, he's, he's said many times he's a miracle, and that's what the doctors say, so we're going to continue to claim that. So continue to lift Daryl and Chris and family in your prayers. All right, so we are here today, and this is, um, we are finally finishing this series, which you guys thought would never end, right? Um, but you, uh, you, wanted, you really wanted to know, you wanted to know, and so here we are, the last one. And so you guys were very, uh, you know, it was a very close vote between red and blue chairs last week. So I went ahead and decided uh, that we would do stress, okay? So um, remember, I gave you a choice last week, and so we we're going to go ahead and talk about stress. How many of you have ever stressed before in your life? All right. How many are stressing right now that I ask you that question? Okay, good. So we deal with stress. Um, our generation, I found out some statistics about our generation. Our generation is going to work 181 hours more than the previous generation, than our parents. That means in the same 12 months, we're going to add another month of work. How's that feel? Uh, there we go. That's right. 80% of all, I want to think other things, 80% of all mothers, how many mothers are here? 80% of all mothers feeling an, a report feeling an enormous amount, even unsurmountable or unbearable amounts of stress. 70% of them say they are also sleep deprived. Right? Okay. All right. 48% of Americans ha- say they have more stress than they did five years ago. That's growing at about 10% per year. One in five say they actually have extreme, the symptoms of extreme stress. The annual cost for employers due to stress-related issues and also um, missed work, is $300 billion a year. Stress symptoms, people who experience stress symptoms have said 77%. Those who've had the stress psychological symptoms, 73%. That's a lot of the population, right? And 60% of all illnesses, they say, come from how we deal with our stress. And so I, I, what I wanted to do is to go to Scripture with a couple things. And, you know, many of us think, well, you know, by being a Christian, that should have no stress. Everything should be wonderful. Everything should be great. But Jesus, I want to tell you, Jesus never said you wouldn't have stress. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in John chapter 16. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That peace comes from within. And he says, in this world you have what? Trouble, guess what? That means in this world you're going to have some stress. You're going to have some bad stuff going on. But he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. That in the middle of the trouble, there is peace through Jesus Christ. Now, um, it doesn't stop there. In Psalm 34, a verse set from the King James Version, it says this. Many are the what? Afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of all them. This is great because the term up there for afflictions is actually translated as in Hebrew as the Assyrian word for torture. And what it meant was that you would put the Assyrians would put somebody on a post, and then they would put rocks against them, and they would stand there until it crushed their body. 
all right? So let me ask you, how many of you kind of feel, some of you may feel that way today, right? You may feel like if I get one more rock put on me, I'm just going to break apart and I'm going to crush and I'm going to die. And so that's what we want to talk about. We're going to talk about how this is. The truth is, many people when they see a sermon like this says, okay, how can I cope? Give me some things I can cope with stress. But I'm not going to do that here today because what I truly believe is until we change something about our lives, Coping mechanisms are only temporary fixes. The bottom line of this message is, I want to tell you, everything we have in life is too much. It's too much to fit in. We can't get to everything in life that we seek out to do. That's why time management appeals to people. Because time management is going ahead and taking all that stuff and cramming it in and trying to make it work. But it doesn't all fit. It's like putting a watermelon in a bikini. It doesn't fit. And it looks horrifically. And our stress is the cause of a lot of arguments, a lot of fights, a lot of us are losing sleep. And I'm going to tell you, it may be doable, but it's not sustainable in your life. You will eventually reach a breaking point where your uh, coping mechanisms don't work anymore. So I want to share with you this verse from Job chapter 9, verse 25, and it says this, My days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without my seeing any joy. How many of us have looked back over the last year and gone, man, what happened to last year? Whew, oh my gosh. Verse from Job says, my days go by faster than a runner. They fly away without seeing any joy. So many of us live life like this. So I want you to keep this metaphor of a runner. I thought about putting on running shorts, but I figured I'd save you guys from that today. Um, But what I want you to do is keep that idea, and what we're saying is that he's saying that the days are just rolling by, and it's starting to take a toll on my soul. I'm messed up inside. So why are we so busy? I've come up with several choices, several reasons why I think we're too busy. Number one, we have too many choices. We have way too many choices. Wasn't it simpler when the only thing you had to argue with your sister or brother about was which three or four channels you were going to watch? And you had to stand like a certain way with, with aluminum foil to try to get the channel in. Anybody remember that? Okay, you're old. Okay, so that's what happens. And, you know, back, back when I was real young, we didn't have video games. I remember the first one was a generic Pong that my dad got from Radio Shack. Um, he wouldn't buy the real one. Atari was not in our house because my dad's too cheap. I hope he's watching. Um, so, but, the, but the thing is, we didn't have that for a long, long time. You know what we played with? Dirt. Okay? You know, dirt. You made stuff in the dirt. You came in. As when, remember when you get a bath and there'd be a ring in a tub of dirt that you all brought in from the outside? That's one of the things that we had. Um, for instance, we have too many choices. You can leave here today and pick from probably 100 restaurants in a few miles. Easily. In this area. You have, I, you know, we all know about um, some of the major social media sites, but do you know they've, there's sites that have ranked the top 40 of them? I didn't know there were 40 of them, but you can choose from any of them. We have way too many choices. We have too much social pressure. A lot of us are not living the life we want to live, but living the lives that others want us to live. Some of you are living life for your parents. Several times I'll talk to students and they'll say, yeah, I don't like this major. I'll say, well, why are you doing it? Well, my parents want me to do it. Some of you are living for your siblings. Some of you are living for your friends. Some of you are living for your job and your employer. And everybody wants to have a plan for you. So there's too much social pressure. 
Another thing which I think really affects the uh, younger generation is we think we can have it all. And the reason why I said the younger generation is because you're more savvy than the older generation. When you want something, you know how to get it now. And you like now. If you don't get it now, it, it bothers you. Some of us remember where we, to download an MP3, it took us an hour on dial-up. Okay? Or we had to actually go to Wonderland in, in Newark and buy that record. A record's like a CD. Oh, I'm sorry, a CD's like an MP3. Okay, so see, we're, we don't even know. So we have this. We have it now. Americans are now spending 117% of their income. That's not good. Don't pat yourself in the back for it. It's not good. We can't live at that pace forever. And the other thing is, we think we can have it all, but we also think we can do it all. We overestimate our abilities and it catches up on you. And when it does catch up on you, it's going to cost you several places, the places that matter the most. It's going to cost you in your health. It's going to cost you in your marriage, your family, and your other relationships. So today, I'm not going to provide a way for you to cope in that. What I want to do is to give you a belief system because I believe in order to have real change, we have to believe certain things. And the next thing is I want to give you some applications. Does that sound good? All right, so here we go. So as... Fred was singing, A Better Life. And it's really funny because I didn't tell Wayne I was putting that down there, but it, the Holy Spirit just works in that. But if we want a better life, a better way to do this life that God's called us to, God is offering us a better life than we're living. Does that sound good to anybody? God is offering us a better life. And so I'm going to give you several things. The first thing is, it is better to have less, and these are things that I want you to believe, that we got to believe. It is better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. We need to reduce some of the stuff in our life. We need to start by believing in the elimination of non-essentials. And that's something that's extremely wise. But I'm going to tell you right now we don't really believe that. Because look at us. If I say, if I have, if $1 is good, $2 is? If one donut is good, if one car is good, if one kid is good, uh, nobody want to say that, did you? Nobody want to say, all right. If one wife is good, no, one, one, only one wife. Okay, there we go. But many of us, we live in that if there's one, more is better. And we live in that whole area. We live in that whole area. Look at some of what, we have so much going on. Let's look at this, at statistics for the average American. The average American will eat out in a lifetime, 14,411 times, and uh, um, 1,811 are at McDonald's. That is not better. There you go, Chris, going up Burger King. Um, you will spend 13 years and four months watching television. I, I don't have any time. Yes, you do, right there. You will spend five years waiting in line during a lifetime. You'll spend one whole year looking for things that you misplaced. <laughs> you'll attend 35 weddings. I've got you beat there. And you will drive 627,000 miles, or that is 25 times around the globe. And while you're there, you will spend a ton of gas doing that. And so what we have, we all are doing lots of things, and we have plenty of time, but we're just going into the wrong directions. Ecclesiastes, I gave a sermon on this several months ago, where better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after wind. Remember, I had M&Ms up here. 
And when I had people try to do things with holding both of them. We need to believe that it's better to have less, to have one handful, to have some margin in our lives, to have some breathing room. That's number one. Number two, it is better to live by design than by default. In other words, it is better for me to know what my life is really about and to live it out that way. Remember that running metaphor that was saying that my days are going faster than a runner? Here's the thing. We were designed to run. We were designed to run, but not in several different directions at all, at all times. Where we run here. I'll do this. And we run here. And, I, and we run here. And oh, wait, I got to go back here. And then I got to run. And then that's exhausting. We were designed to run in a direction, in a straight direction. Let me show you the slide. If we have a certain amount of energy, so go ahead. We've got that up there, right? There we go. We have energy. And so we only have a certain amount of energy. Yeah, you can take those five-hour energies, but guess what? It's going to run out, and you're going to crash down. So, and we spend it running in all different directions in our lives, all over the place. We had all over the place. And we put a ton of our energy in several different areas, we aren't going to get very far, and we're not going to accomplish very much. But if we reduce some of the areas that we go in, and we head in one direction, like here, then we go further, farther, stronger, better by gearing in one direction. God never intended us to run into a billion directions, but he designed us. We talked several weeks ago about a gift and about giftedness. He designed us to go in a direction, and when we go in that direction... It's an, awesome, it's an awesome way we can find out the path that God has for us. And you may say, I need to know my path. What is my path? How can I know that? I will tell you, people who don't know God can't ever find it because God designed them, and God is the only one that can reveal that to them. And so you need to know that. So if you're a Christian, and you, it should make you want to be a Christian to connect to the designer. Sadly, there's something that's very interesting. Nine out of ten Christians live their whole lives without ever finding out because we take this whole kind of crazy all over the place rather than seeking the direction that God has for us. I want to say this to you. If we don't prioritize our lives, somebody or something else will in our lives. Let me say that again. If we don't prioritize our lives, someone or somebody else will. Everybody will have a plan for your life, but only God has the perfect design and plan for your lives. Look at what it says here in Psalm 139. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before they came into being. Now, I've been an ordained pastor for 20 years. And it means literally just set apart to do some things. Marry, bury, baptize, all that other kind of stuff. But God has ordained you too. And each of your days is ordained. And so it's better to get the right things done during those days that God has for you. And not just more things. In other words, what God wants you to do is live intentionally. Live on purpose in your life. That you can execute it by doing the right things. Proverbs 17, verse 24 says, An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Does that remind you of the slide that we just saw there and we wonder why? We have to believe in these principles that we have to, you know, like I said, in number three, it's better to to do the right things than not to do more things. We've got to go ahead and believe these things and take them into our hearts and into our minds. And I'll do this. So we spent some time, and those are the things that that we need to believe, and they're going to be hard for us to believe. Some Some of those are not new, right? That we, many of us would say, you know what, I need to cut back in life, right? Anybody ever said that? 
Okay? Other people say, you know what, I, I need to find God's purpose and design for my life. And the third thing, some people say, you know, I gotta, I gotta focus on the right things, not just everything, not just more things. And that's where we are. So what do we do now as I'm running my race? Let's look at the application part of that. How do I run the race where I am? Well, look at Hebrews chapter 12. This verse right here says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us do what? Let's do what? Run with perseverance the what race marked out for us. So we need to throw off stuff and run. Anybody ever tried to run carrying an old style TV? Anybody ever tried that? Don't, okay, just, just say it. Because what do you gotta do? You can't get there faster. So we gotta throw off these things and you can go ahead and run. Now the sin here that we're talking about just means missing the mark. It's heading in the wrong direction of what God has for you. And so we need to throw off these things that are here. So I want to give you some practical applications of how we get this done. And the first thing is to take a regular inventory. To take a regular inventory. Today is church day, right? Many people look at that. It's the, it's the, um, the largest time that people attend church. And in the scripture, they talk about a church day, but they call it a Sabbath, right? And we've kind of mixed up this whole kind of thing, Sabbath. Sabbath or church day should not just be a day, and it may not for you be Sunday. It may be another day. <laughs> but it's not just going to church. It really should be like something for you to do all day. How many of you would like a day to do absolutely nothing? Absolutely nothing at all. Where all you have to do is do nothing. You don't have to run kids anywhere. You don't even have to turn on the TV and watch the news. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to do any of that. All you have to do is sit and rest and focus on God. Wouldn't that be cool? That's all you have to do all day. Somewhere over 2,000 years of Christianity, we've got it geared down to, here we go, we stop and we take one hour plus, and that's, that's God time. And then the rest of the week is not. And so what I want to challenge you to do is to take 15 minutes of this God day and ask yourself, or whatever day Sabbath is, and ask yourself the question, am I in the right activities? Or am I doing what I should be doing? Now, many people who have hit 40 or middle age, probably do that daily. Am I right? You do it in some extent. But I want you to just take 15 minutes away from everything else. Usually you do it when you're frustrated or you're, you're just um, off kilter and you go ahead and you say, all right, well, I didn't think this is what life was going to be like, so here we are. But I want you to just focus on that and do it regularly. A lot of us do this also at funerals. You know, when we have someone who died and someone that we care about and we go, yeah, tick-tock, tick-tock. I better make some cha changes and some choices in my life. Really, am I doing what I should do? Anybody ever done that at a funeral? Okay. Um, and so, but we, we need to have a regular time to do that. Psalm 39 <coughs> says this. Lord, and this was such a great verse that Wesley read for us. After you heard this verse today, you guys were just empowered and excited about worship, weren't you? Because look at what it says here. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Anybody have that as your life verse? Yeah, awesome. Remind me that my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. It gets better, doesn't it? My life is no longer than the width of my hand. Everybody hold your hand up. That's your life. Woo, that's exciting, isn't it? Who's excited that that's your life? Just that right there. All that right there. And he said, continues and says, um, the entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Just a little breath. You know those people with the vape pens? That's my life. Doesn't that seem like 
Depressing? You said, Jack, we're, you're talking about stress and you're depressing me more here, right? It's just like, that's it. That's it. And if you're my age, you start to say, oh my gosh, I wasted a lot of that breath on things. If we, if we look further, Hebrews 9 says that we have a death date. Wait, what? We have a death date. Yeah, it says we die once and after that we face judgment. James says we're nothing but a vapor. That's it. That's it. Just in the wind. You know, it's, it's very interesting because as I said, throughout life, many of us do things that help us cope and get through different situations. We all have coping mechanisms, right? And what we find out is when our level of stress and all the other statistics say we're increasing, we're increasing, we have all this kind of stuff going on, that we find out in life that in this vapor of life that a lot of time, it's just not, it's just like the, they were saying, I find no joy in the midst of my life. And we start to look at these things. And one of the things that I did for the first time this year in 45 years of my life is I hired a counselor. And that's, that's amazing for me because Jack can handle everything, right? Jack can handle everything or he will convince you he can. And that's a good thing. And so what you find out is that after 45 years of living in this head, there's some things that just aren't right. I know that's a shock to many of you right now. I'll let you breathe that in. But what I found out is that we are all messed up. Look at the person next to you say, you are messed up. And the person on the other side tell them, you're even worse messed up. That's why I left you for last. All right? So, but, but many of us have put things into place to survive life, and we end up coping with things. And we talked about the other week about dealing with difficult people, and sometimes dealing with the difficult people, we have all kinds of coping mechanisms that really mess us up for life, right? And so when we have this whole kind of thing, uh, there's certain practices and things we need to put back in. And I had shared with a counselor one time that um, I, used, I, I was a journalism undergraduate, and she said, good, you need to write again. I said, yeah, I don't have time, right? She goes, no, no, you need to take time. Because one of the things that she shared with me is that when you put the stuff down on paper or computer or whatever, you are giving what's on the inside and... Where most of the time, we, when we live from the outside in, we keep this shell up around us and we can make anything happen because we, we have the coping mechanisms and defense mechanisms, if you want to talk Freud, to keep stuff pushed down so it doesn't bother our lives. But it's still there. And when you sit down and you begin to write, it ain't fun. Anybody ever done this? Anybody had stuff come out on a piece of paper and you're like, what in the world? Where's that coming from? What's happening there? There's a guy, he's a pastor named Wayne, uh, Wayne Cordero. He's a pastor in Hawaii. And he wrote a book called Leading on Empty. And he had a nervous breakdown as a, as a pastor. And if you want to see some statistics on stress and um, burnout, it's of epidemic proportions for pastors in our country. He was trying way too much, and he had a ton of weight on him as a leader. And as I've been looking at this book lately, um, he talks about the power of reflection, to take time and stop and evaluate your life. And he recommends what he called 12 dials on the dashboard of life, to take 10 minutes regularly and look at these 12 dials and to write 
uh, one sentence about how you're going to do better in each of those dials. I want to share with you a couple of these dials, and you can write them down, or you can um, get the book yourself and come up with your own. But here's some that I've come up with. Uh, faith life, number one, our, your faith, faith life. How's that? Your marriage life, your family life as a child and as a brother and as a um, father or mother or whatever you want to say. Your organizational life, how organized are you? Or disorganized are you? And, and on, your, if, on your calendar, check that out. Your technology life. And sometimes we get so caught up in technology, we don't do any of the other stuff. And sometimes we just need to cut off Snapchat or Twitter or whatever. Link, LinkedIn. People are hitting me with LinkedIn now. I don't want to be LinkedIn anymore. I, want, I don't want to be linked out. All right? Okay? Ministry life. Everybody has a ministry. How are you there? Your social life. Do you have one? Sometimes, because of these other ones, you don't even have a social life. Your health and fitness life. For me, work and work or slash teacher life. Your financial life, how is that doing? What about your attitudinal life? Sometimes you just wake up and you are just nasty. Anybody relate to that? Anybody live with somebody who's like that? Keep your hand down, Melissa. All right, we know. What about your creative life? Where are you allowed to be creative? And what about this, your personal spiritual life? Give yourself a grade. If you were to give yourself a grade on those right now, how are you doing? And then what you want to do is you want to put it into practice that every month or so. Go back and check that out. Look at them. See how good you're doing. See how bad you're doing. Don't be afraid to be bad, but go ahead and check back up. Because once you evaluate your life, it will always require you to go ahead and do that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, when you've done that, when you've evaluated your life, it will require you to make some tough decisions. And this is going to be hard for many of you because, like me, you're a people pleaser. You like to please people. Here's where you have to learn and you have to accept and make choices that it's better to have one handful. And when you learn to say no, everybody say no. Say it loud. Say it like you mean it. No. Like if I just ask you to go ahead and preach the rest of the sermon. Okay, very good. That's better. So, so now, do that in life. No is not a bad word. No is okay to say. No is okay to say. And you will trade popularity for respect. And there's been several tough decisions that I've made in my life. I remember when Jacob was young and he was, um, he was involved with travel baseball. One of the things that we said is, hey, we want you to know, he was at a very young age, and we wanted him, Melissa and I wanted him to know about God and, and what's really important in life, what we believe was really important in life. And so what we did is we said he could do travel, travel baseball, but not on Sunday morning. It's one of the things we shared. For you, it may be different, but for me, it was a tough decision that we had to make. And a lot of people wanted to play. And I, even, I remember the time I gave him a choice. I said, okay, it's been a while since you, and you've been really good. You can choose to go. And I remember he said, nah, I want to go to church. And for him, it, it, was, it was something that I want him to always know, that his relationship with God should take precedence over everything in life. Um, Psalm 90, verse 12 says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. If I gave you a list of a couple things, and I want to do that, um, so you can write these down somewhere on your bulletin. I'm going to give you a couple things. Ready? Family, write that down. God, extracurricular, work, social, health, fit, and fitness, and marriage. I just gave you a couple of them. And then if you were to rank them, honestly, not just because you're sitting in church, if you were to rank them honestly, 
What would the order be of that? It's to teach us to number our days and, and recognize that we're only here for a little while. And so what's important? I mean, when I look at my calendar, I got to tell you, I'm convicted that my God is anything else but God when I look at my calendar. Anybody else have that conviction? That there's things that are, take top priorities in my lives. Everybody Okay. Because, you know, every week when I, have, when I have a choice to preach, I have something that may make us feel good all the time to hear, but as I was writing this, I was convicted, or they may, it may not be very helpful, but then have things that we can put into practice. And remember I said, I really believe that if we put into things that we got to believe and change in our lives, if we choose to live our lives on purpose as a Christian, it'll take us to another level because Jesus encouraged us in this one sermon on stress. He said in Matthew chapter 6, you need to seek something that's really important, and this is to be the number one thing on your list. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness, and everything else will be added as well. So that brings us to number three. We need to focus on what really matters. Now, don't get me wrong. I spend a lot of time in my life with things that don't matter at all, and they're not bad things, but they just can't be first in our lives anymore. We, get, we gotta look at things that, that should be first, and a great way to tell that is ask yourself, will this matter in 25, 50, 10, 100 years? Will it matter? So how do you tell what matters most? As we wind this down today, I'm going to go through this very briefly, and we're going to zip through this. You ready? Okay. What matters most? God matters. Whether you believe it or not, we will all meet our maker one day. And if you don't believe me today, when you're standing in front of the throne room of God, you're going to go and say, mm, yep, Jack was right. It matters. One day we will all face God. What will we say? In Luke chapter 12, there's an interesting story about a rich fool. And if you have your Bibles, turn there with me real quick. Luke chapter 12. And in Luke chapter 12, let's see where I find it. Man, my eyes hurt. All right, here we go. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, where is it? Okay. 13. Someone, uh, so we'll start in verse 15. Jesus said, uh, verse 16, and he told them this parable. The ground of a, rich, of a certain rich man has produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? And, and Jesus says, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. What is the point of this? If God is not first, what is the point of even following God? We just sang, he is Lord. He is Lord of all. Do we believe that in our life? When we say Jesus is Lord, do we want him to take control and guide and direct our lives? And Paul said it this way in Philippians. He said, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss, <coughs> excuse me, now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Whatever, what is more, I consider everything comparable, loss, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ my Lord. 
I consider everything else rubbish. Take a leap of faith, not just to step into religion. Religion doesn't do anything for anybody but make us feel good and make us feel bad. A relationship with Christ is what gives us direction. Number two, the only thing that you're going to take with you to heaven, the only thing that's going to be in heaven with you, people. This is why haven exists, because people matter to God. People and relationships are the most important part of your life. For instance, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a quick test right here. Okay, ready? Name the, fast, the last five sermons I, I gave to you. You can't do it, right? They were awesome, too. You missed them, all right? They were really good, but the last five sermons. But if I said, do you name 10 people in your life who have impacted you either negatively or positively, you can tell me right away. Because people matter. People matter. In Galatians chapter 5, 13, we spent all last week talking about this. But in Galatians, it says, serve one another. And look what it says. The entire scripture, the entire law, everything is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed. Have you seen, remember all the stuff we talked about last week, how we, how we get through this election and how everything's going to be good? Is if we love one another as we love ourselves? Did that happen? No. What's going on? We have biting and devouring, and it's easy to turn off that Facebook this week, right? Because no matter what, it was going to happen, and we knew it, and we accept it, because we haven't bought into the whole thing that we need to, the, all of what Christ came to say is love one another as I have loved you. Love your neighbor as yourself. We don't get to pick and choose who our neighbors are last time I checked. Look at what Ecclesiastes 12 says. A person standing alone can be attacked, it can be defeated, but two standing back to back can conquer. I remember when I was a kid, we went over, we were over at the, anybody remember, the Fireman's Carnival in Northeast? I remember we were over there, and there was this young kid over on the other side where they used to have the senior league field. Some of you are old enough to remember that, behind the middle school. And I remember these two kids started fighting, and there was like 100 kids there, and they started fighting each other. And my friend was there, and the main thing is, I didn't want to get hit. And so I said, Jody, you stand back to back, right? What was going to happen? I wasn't getting sucker punched, neither was he. He might have, because I might have taken off running. But anyway, when we were standing there together, we were safe back to back. Look at what else it says. You had a third one. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. We need to begin to do life together with each other. That's one of the reasons why anybody who has ever been part of a small group or joined a disciple or anything else here has grown and strengthened. And now it's great when you see complete strangers who walk in this church, who go ahead and participate in a group, who see people, who've done something with people, and you form a relationship and you begin to do life together. There are people, as I look around this room, that when they've been through surgeries, when they've been through divorces, when they've been through deaths, when they've been through everything, they leaned on one another. Am I right? And it is the only thing that and a relationship with God that got them through it. Am I right? And for the rest of the world that doesn't have it, no wonder we're in the mess we are. And if we as the Christian people are like that slide going all different directions and we don't have time to go in the same pathway together, then no wonder the church is in the situation it is where we're divided and we're broken and we're more worried about this dogma and that dogma and what we wear and what we say and what we do rather than the fact that Christ called us to love one another. And that changes the world through the power of Christ. Do life together and get connected. 
And our last one, I'm not going to give you the blank because as I do, you slap the book together and you're like, honey, I'll get the car, you get the kids. Okay, ready? So I, I may just leave a blank for a month to see what we have here. But here we go. I'm going to give you a scripture verse first. Here we go. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had and bought a field. You see what happened? I always think of the movie Shawshank Redemption here for some reason. But he goes, and he, he's in the field. He's just walking along. He finds a treasure. He's like, oh, my gosh. He digs a hole right in that field. It's a junky, crappy field. And he's like, oh, digs it. He buries it, puts it in there. He sells everything he has and buys the field. And everybody's like, you are crazy. You're crazy. But you see, he knows the treasure he has. He knows if he buys that crappy, disgusting field, that he has got a treasure in that field that everybody else is not concerned about that is greater than everything else that everybody else deals with. And so what is this last thing? Eternity matters. You see, you may, what, what he said is, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's a treasure that you know about. The rest of the world's gonna think you're crazy. You're doing what? You're doing what with your finances? You're doing what with your time? You're doing what? You're, you're praying here? You're, doing, you're wasting your time. You're doing this, all this kind of stuff. You're doing all this kind of stuff. And it's a waste of that, that hand of life that you have. But you see, here's what we know. Our time on earth is a hand, but we are eternal. And we're going to spend a heck of a lot more time there, smoking or non-smoking, by what we do here, and by the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. So I can't know my direction here unless I have a relationship with Christ, but I will tell you, you can know your, your direction from here if you don't have a relationship with Christ or if you do have a relationship with Christ. There's only two choices, only two choices, and that should be the most important thing. And so eternity matters to the core of our hearts. You have a treasure this isn't the quick fix, um, breathe, get some exercise, kind of deal with your stress sermon. But what it is is we've got to change some beliefs in our mind because before we ever have a change in practice, we need a change in our mind. Amen? All right, so now that I stressed you out, let's go ahead and go to our prayer time. I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. Lord God, when we come here today, and um, there's so much going on. As we look at our world and we look at everything that's going on in it, God, um, it's just a tumultuous time in our country, in our world, in many of our lives. And many of us feel like we are, we are just standing at the stake and they're piling rock upon rock upon rock upon rock upon rock upon rock. And God, we're like, if there's one more, I'm just going to crush. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, be so broken I'll never be put back together this stress thing is real God and you never created us for this you told us that I came that you may have life and have it abundantly God we were made to run but not in several different areas we're made to run in the direction that you've called us to do so right now God in the silence of our hearts and as we um, are in this room I just ask that you just give us guidance and directions that we can go ahead and be, be led to run in your direction. And so, Father, uh, during this time, for those of you who don't know you and are trying to find out about whether eternity matters or not, God, help just 
touch their hearts here today so that they can see that eternity really does matter. And that even though we're just the width of our hand here in this world, that as we go from this world, that we have two choices. And the one that we want is the one to be with you forever in heaven, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago about heaven. God, you are everything. And please, I, you know, I, this, this sermon has convicted me and it's having me look at my life and it's, it, you're helping me work through some things in order to find out what is truly important in life and what direction should we seek? Should I seek for my life? And so for everyone out here today, there may be somebody here today who has no clue, no clue where they're going. I ask that you just give them a step in a direction, a, a pathway to begin to head down. And that wherever they are, God, that wherever they go, that you will say, this is the way, walk in it, as they seek your face and hear your voice. For others here, they may never have a relationship with you and may not have a clue who you are. And so, Lord God, right now, I just pray that you will just touch their hearts and just minister to them and that they may say, I, I, I need a Lord. I need a Savior and a Lord. It's not going to be, the Savior's not going to be found through, uh, through friendship, through online, through uh, elections, through anything else. There's only one Savior, you're it. Jesus, forgive my, my sin. Those areas where I've been going everywhere else, where I've missed every mark. And help get me on the path of your son, Jesus Christ, that he's called us to. And heal our hearts, God, here. Let us alleviate that stress and seek your face. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our Stephen ministers will be up front if you need to pray. Please feel free to come.
right. Amen. I love that song. Good job. Um, all right. So uh, next week, we're going to go ahead. We're going to pick up uh, again. Um, we have a couple, believe it or not, we have one more series. It's going to be, uh, next week's going to be kind of a, a standalone sermon. Um, just God's, God's leading me in, in a couple different directions. Um, but after that, we're going to go ahead and we will have a series called White Christmas. All right. And then God has, um, I've been planning for the um, beginning of the year, we're going to do a series called Legacy. All right. And we're going to talk about um, having a legacy for God. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. So I'm already in January mentally. Um, so, well, in many ways I am. Um, but anyway, so um, come back next week. We're going to have some fun. We'll just go ahead. Um, we'll get us all ready for turkey. Anybody ready for turkey? And we're gonna, there's going to be a lot of turkeys. If you want to help, please do so. Say hi to somebody. Have an awesome week.